Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. One that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation. Washington, London, Paris, Moscow are key targets. The whole world is under attack. Who built it? The Russians? The Chinese? Martians? Canadians? I don't care! All I know is we didn't build it, and that's reason enough to assume the worst and blow up the kingdom come. For 100,000 years, it was buried in the snow and ice. Now it has found a place to live. Inside. Where no one can see it. Soldiers and their weapons would be powerless before the onslaught of the beast. The beast. The beast. The beast from 20,000 fathoms. Guns, tanks, bombs. They're like toys against them. It's indestructible. It's indescribable. Nothing can stop it. The nation and then the world could fall before the blood-curdling threat of... Sci-fi double feature driving podcast. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, Godzillas and Mothras, aliens and predators. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Sci-Fi Double Feature Driving Podcast. Yeah. We're here, and we're talking in your ear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow. Uh, put the dinosaur. I told you to leash up the dinosaurs, Elisa. Don't blame this on me. Okay, I should have fed him. This is some fucking nonsense. I'm just playing with toys. Uh, <laughs> I am your conspiracy loving host, Elisa Weglin. And sitting next to me is my radioactive partner in grime, Jarrett the Kaiji Man Weglin. Oh my god. You better make sure that's not like super sharp in people's uh, ears. Uh, I can take it down. How's it going, folks? I got a Ceratosaurus, an underrated theropod dinosaur. How you guys doing? Oh my god. What are we doing today, Lisa? <laughs> we're we're doing good. We're doing good. We conclude our double feature theme of space time septemberum. Yeah. But this time we are looking for that. No no good cheating blacksmith. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for Back to the Future Part 3. Yeah, it, we conclude the trilogy. Conclude it. Get it out of here. That's the power of love. Uh, I had to this get is, one done early. This is the last time we can do it, so we got to get it all out of our system. Yeah. Yeah, the reason I have the dinosaur is just because we were, we were watching uh, Fallen Kingdom. We were. Yeah. I like that one. This is the second time you've watched it since it's come out. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Not come out like, you know. Yeah. Just on video. Just on video. Since it's come out, come out, this is like the Mm -hmm. fourth or fifth time you've watched it. Yeah. It got a lot of hate and I I think it it deserves a little credit. Love that Indoraptor. Indoraptor is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the superhero uh, raptor stuff. I think they should put that to bed, but uh, it's cool. I like it a lot. I think people should watch it. I think it has at least the second best intro of all the Jurassic Park movies. I'm saying it here, folks. Saying it here, you heard at it least here first. The very best first ten minutes. The oh. Mosasaurus shot where it's like about to eat that sub. <laughs> I, like, mmm, I mmm. like that. I like that that shot, and I like how when the when the the lightning flashes, you see like the T Rex moving through the through the bushes in the background. But anyways, pretty cool. Pretty cool. 
I can talk about that because Steven Spielberg also uh, produced that. So we will transition back to our main theme. <laughs> yeah, so one, one more roar from our... Okay. Uh, that, that is a toy from the movie we were just talking about. That is a <laughs> toy. That is a dinosaur. Yes. <laughs> so uh, history and from this movie. So the Western theme. This is a a Western a, a sci-fi movie. Love the blend. I do enjoy a good Western sci-fi movie. Uh, except you will not watch Cowboys and, and Aliens. I fucking hate that shit. <laughs> you it haven't looks, seen it. It looks so bad. It looks, every, okay. You, you're not, you're not alone. At SFDFDI podcast. They're not going to tweet. Let us know. <laughs> I'm going to challenge you to tweet. Go ahead and tweet. Fucking, it. I dare tweet you. Tweet at me, folks. <laughs> I like me. it. I like it, but I'm very forgiving. <laughs> I've seen a lot of shitty movies and love them. Uh, I'm not saying it's a good movie, that it's a fun movie. So <laughs> I'm going to get you to watch it soon. Um, but yes. The sci-fi western movie. We watched Guanji. That's kind of that's more of a fantasy um, element, but it is dinosaurs at yeah. least. It's dinosaurs, and it's like a western circus. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. But yeah, the, so this western theme was actually suggested by Michael J. Fox. He wanted to. He's always mm-hmm. wanted to do a western film, so. I guess it birthed from the J Fox. Well, and you, there you go. You know how much power he had. Yeah, I'm, that. In the, <laughs> he, he at least had I the power. I want to do a western. He at least had the power of love. All right, that's two. We got two in there. All right, in the Count first uh, five minutes, fifteen seconds. <laughs> oh. Okay. So in the scene where Doc and Marty are preparing the good old. Good old DeLorean. Good old DeLorean. At the drive-in for its second-to-last trip through time, Mm -hmm. Marty suggests the name Clint Eastwood. Yeah, for his persona. Yeah. In the past. Doc, of course, doesn't recognize this name. What? Clint Eastwood? In 1955, as Clint was a small-time actor at the time. Mm -hmm. The humor in this shot is that in the background, there are posters for both Tarantula and Revenge of the Creature. Yeah, you can't miss them. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Both early Clint Eastwood films. Mm -hmm. He started in sci-fi. I didn't know that. And now I've never seen those movies. And now he's crazy talking to chairs. <laughs> Get off my lawn chair. <laughs> <laughs> Making blatantly racist movies and being like, yeah. it's art. Yeah, and then he goes to the Republican convention and he's like, ah, oh, chair. Uh, uh, you love Obama chair? Uh, you're a crazy chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So the character of Claire Clayton... Doc's love interest. Mm-hmm. She was actually based off a real person, Mark Twain's daughter. Wow. Yeah, Mark Twain's daughter was uh, about to go off a cliff, just like Clara Clayton, and uh, that's how Clayton's Ravine got its name. Uh, she was going to go off a cliff just like that when her horse was spooked by a newspaper that was caught in an, Those a, are pretty scary. a breeze. <laughs> Those are this is why we have cars now, folks. <laughs> fucking horses get spooked by a fucking newspaper in a, in a, in a breeze. And they just run forever. Do this the horses a- just run forever when they're spooked? 
<laughs> I don't This is why horses make glue. <laughs> no. Horses are perfectly fine just where they are in a pasture. I don't need to ride a horse. This is... I am... I'm a city boy, I guess. I come from a, not like New York City, but <laughs> but I come. Let's not make a whole tangent out of a line that you should cut, which no, is me saying I'm not that horses this. should be glued. I'm not cutting this. God damn. I don't. I'm just saying I don't come from a town that you ride horses to the store. Okay. Horses. Do, I'm just wondering if they just run forever if they're spooked. I don't and, think they do. <laughs> you just can't. Oh, well, that horse is bad now. <laughs> that it's horse scar- is bad now. It's a scared horse. It's yep. bad. My <laughs> <Bye>, horse. <laughs> I'll see you never. That's, and then that day, a man invented the car because this horse guy <laughs> started losing horses into the, <laughs> into into the, the night. Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, Eastwood, Clint Eastwood, the crazy man. He was actually, when he was less crazy, he was asked if his name could be used for this film. And he's like, yeah, that's kind of funny. Use it. Yeah, he was cool with it. Yeah, when he, he was, was down. When he was still making good movies. Uh, and Crispin Glover, more Crispin Glover drama. Gotta love it. We're bringing back some Crispin Glover. Gotta have it. You gotta have it. Check Crispin back Glover the drama. last two episodes for the other Crispin Glover drama if you haven't heard it. So, originally, he did have a character written for him in the movie. He was going to be Seamus. Seamus McFly. Instead of the... <laughs> oh, my God. This is terrible. Uh, Horribly. The McFly's have made it to America, the wild west. This you accent is fucking you offensive. Can't, you can't plant potatoes in this ground here. What can we do? <laughs> The worst part is how sharp it is. Yeah, but I just found out from my ancestry that uh, report that I'm even more Irish, so I can make fun of Irish even more. Oh. <laughs> oh, this ground is hot here in Arizona. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Crispin Glover was supposed to play Seamus. Instead of the creepy version, which is Michael J. Fox playing... <laughs> Uh, his great, 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 great grandfather. Yeah, but like married to his mother's character. Yeah, so it's weird. It's yeah. fucking weird. Oh. Anyway, Gail and Zemeckis took a shift in story and moved the focus of the story from Marty to Doc in this film, as they thought they did all they could do with the McFlies. I think that might be why a lot of people uh don't like this one as much because it is. Slower, like his love story is a little bit slower than the past two. Not that the other two had love stories, but the focus on Doc is a little slower in tone, I think. Mm-hmm. When he's hanging out with Clara, those scenes are a little drier and slower than like the pace of the other two films. But I think you get plenty of Marty still. He still has the whole subplot that he has to uh, have a duel with um, uh, Buford, yeah, Tannen, and all that. And, um, I, I think uh, part three is still really great for that. Part three <clears throat> is still a chock full of the Marty. A chock full. <laughs> so plot. Plot, 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 plot. So, so it takes place right after two, of course. Yes, of course. Same as, you know, one to two. Marty gets the letter from Doc uh, from 1885. From Western Union. So he goes and finds 1955 
uh, Doc to find the DeLorean that he that 1985 Doc buried so he can Mm -hmm. go back and he wants him to destroy it. But instead, Marty goes back to try to save Doc. That's pretty much the plot. Yeah, because Doc's like, I'm happy here. Leave me alone. But they are at the cemetery. And they see a gravestone that says, like, two days after this, Doc dies. Yeah, he's shot in the back for a matter of $80. Yeah, something like that. And so uh, (laughs) Marty's like, I have to go save him. So That's really the, the, the plot in a nutshell. And yeah, so they go back, and of course, there's a little, you know, time whoopsie daisies, yeah. and like, you know, they'd look at photos and go, ah, the photo's changing. But yeah, and, that... uh, it ends with Doc in a flying time traveling train. Yeah, he wants he he wants it all destroyed, <laughs> and the DeLorean does eventually get destroyed. But he has a time traveling train anyways, and he flies around with his new girlfriend Clara, and Jules and Vern, which yeah. is their favorite author. So they name their sons Jules and Vern. Very cute. It's a very, very cute story. Yeah. So some things for you to think about. Yeah. Why don't you think about Why it? Why don't you think about this one? Why don't you fucking think about it? Put it in your pasta and swirl it around. <laughs> and Slurp it up. And then it's in your noodle. In your fucking face. So it, when, when Marty goes back to 1885 and, they, and that DeLorean is damaged, they need parts for it or whatever. There's another DeLorean out there. Hello. Yeah. Why didn't they just go? go like, they needed gas. Because yeah. they fixed the gas line or whatever. Mm-hmm. They needed gas. Why didn't they just go get gas from the other one? Because mm-hmm. obviously there'd be more gas in the 50s. Now, or whatever. yeah. Yeah, that, that's one thing that they could have done. But now, would them digging that other one up mess up the space-time continuum of them digging it up in the future? Who knows? But I don't think so if they rebury it. That's true. I uh, just think that this is like, a, well, then the story would be over a, in like 20 minutes. It could possibly just be a plot <laughs> hole. It could just be a plot hole. Or we just might be missing something, but I don't think so. I think we got him. We got him good. <laughs> Tweet at us. Tweet at us. At us. <laughs> so I did a little bit of research, just stupid, pointless research. <laughs> and I was looking for locomotive speeds. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I'm just sitting in a Train dark, research. <laughs> in a dark room Googling locomotive speeds like a fucking loser. <laughs> and it, it was hard to pin down locomotive speed records. But in 1895, which is not too much longer, there was a train in the UK that was pulling. It was pulling 145 kilometers, which is roughly around 90 miles an hour. Ooh. And if you factor in that... With a little bit of uh, science fiction wizardry, you know, Doc's special logs. Yeah. Maybe he could pull that older train up to 88. So So I think that it could be done. Yeah, yeah. So, so we have another time traveling uh, little uh, uh, paradox. So what would that, what, what was, what is, what is, what is what, 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 we have another time traveling paradox. What is that one, Elisa? So if Marty had killed Buford Mad Dog Tannen in uh-huh. the duel, yeah. Biff Tannen would never have been born, yeah, I mean, and he would be erased from existence, erased. unless Buford had already fathered a son before the events depicted in this movie, which is super, super probable because they had children really young then. 
because people died really young then. Yeah, and he he was going from town to town. Yeah, he's planting his seeds. But it's not well, like well, I mean, it's not like they would. It was that town. Yeah, that town. It's not like he would. Uh, they would always take his name though if he's going town to town. Yeah. So. But yeah, that's a little paradoxy there. Erased from existence. <laughs> so this happens to be if there was like a little odometer and you set the trip, the trip meter on on the time odometer or the time trip. Yeah. Th- this would be the biggest time jump on the trip meter. Um, this would be traveling one hundred and one one hundred years and one month and twenty days. Wow. So this Those is, are some my some years. Yeah, the first movie you're kind of breaking in the car, you know, <laughs> and then the, you know, the, the Back to the Future Two, you're kind of that's like your fir- first road trip, and then this is like, oh, your car's broken in, it's really running really good. Oh, <laughs> loving the car talk. Ow, whoa! <laughs> Watch your head there. So Thomas F. Wilson is quite adept on the back of a horse. Yeah. He, oh wait, I should introduce this section. So into production. Thomas F. Wilson is quite adept on the back of a horse. Mm. He did many of his writing and lassoing in the film, including the stunt where he lassoed Marty. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Go Biff. (laughs) Go Biff. Go Biff. (laughs) Things you never thought you'd say. And some shots for the scene. This is a funny fact right here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And some shots for the scene where Marty is dragged by the horse. They actually used the Benny the Cab go-kart from who framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, I want to see the the, the behind-the-scenes stills on that. (laughs) Yeah, that would be really cool. (laughs) If we find them, we'll definitely post that. So... Of course, when you watch the movie, and if you know anything a little bit about music, you see ZZ Top in there. They do the little their little uh, spinny thing with their guitars. Yeah, they do the little hoedown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they do not play Power of Love, unfortunately. No. But we will right now. Oh, that's the power of love. But yes, ZZ Top is in there, and they were on set when they were playing uh, for the for the. They were on set when they were playing. Yes, in the movie? they were. They were. Yes, they were on set when they were playing. <laughs> what? They were not just phoning it in. When they were on set to be Hill Valley's historical band, one day while filming, that camera malfunctioned. So they were just kind of standing around, and then uh, Michael J. Fox is like, "Hey, can you play this certain song?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure." And they played it, and then all of a sudden requests just kept coming while this camera was being uh, fixed. And then uh, after like two hours or so, they, they they asked, "How's the camera coming along?" And Zemeckis is like, "Oh, it's been fixed for a while. We just uh, didn't want to break up the, par- <laughs> the party. We just want a free concert." Yeah. <laughs> and they, then they got a bill. <laughs> so yeah, and so. The best thing when you go down in these the line of these movies, you start seeing little Easter eggs when they re- start referring to to each other, and uh, the best some of these things in this movie is you see the manure truck. These are all a theme oh, in yes. all these movies, and um, it starts in this one because of course this is the oldest in the timeline. You got a little manure cart. 
<laughs> and it's uh, in this one, it's A Jones Manure Company, but then it moves on to D Jones in the other uh, in the other other movies. Actually, it's not in Back to the Future Two. There's no poop in the future, I guess. What? <laughs> but it it does make an appearance because they go back to the past in that one. Um, and then of course Clayton Ravine. It's called Clayton Ravine, but then it gets pushed back to Eastwood Ravine because they think. Um, Marty's Marty dies in the ravine. Oh yeah. <laughs> but he he was called Eastwood. And then in this old 1885 uh Hill Valley, the Statler horse dealer ends up being the Statler Studebaker in 1955 and then in 18 no in 1985, it's Statler Toyota. So, it's just kind of mm. I like these little themes throughout these little movies. There's the whole universe. In a cutscene, Mad Dog shoots Marshall Strickland in the back, just as hooligans in part two try to gun him down in a drive-by shooting. Yeah, they they cut that because they thought it'd be a little too violent. Yeah. To film the destruction of the DeLorean, the filmmakers talked with the engineer of the diesel freight train that would smash the DeLorean to pieces in the end. The filmmakers were worried if smashing the car might derail the train and if it was safe to do the stunt. The engineer replied, are you kidding? I've been waiting to do this my whole life. (laughs) And I think that probably that is pretty dope for Mm. a train driver. Yeah. Train man. Train man driver. (laughs) Train man driver. You're probably like, I would love to hit your car. (laughs) I won't won't be train man driver into your car now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so the horse manure was actually horse feeding pellets that they fed to the horses but apparently it looks the same when it comes out the asshole than when it goes in the mouth <laughs> that's crazy what if you accidentally just kept feeding your horse uh, uh, oh, the no. same shit over and over wow it's like you don't have to pay any money to have a horse <laughs> <laughs> what? We're doing some bad things to horses in this episode. <laughs> this episode is not horse friendly. Please don't at me. Don't I, at me. I actually really like horses. I would never own one, but I love all of God's creatures. There's no such thing as God. <laughs> Blasphemy on our own podcast. Blasphemy. Blasphemy you. <laughs> so. So the train that falls to the bottom of the ravine was actually a beautifully constructed model. Yeah, they were doing those scale models again in this uh, film. They had one, they had a DeLorean one, and of course this train that I thought was real, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, nice. then again, uh, when you think about it, launching a train off a cliff is going to be pretty pricey. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they really would launch a train off a cliff. Like, you can get a permit to, sh- like, drive a car off a cliff, but a train is pretty heavy duty. <laughs> <laughs> and the weirdest thing that I found out is Michael Winslow, you know, the sound effects guy from Spaceball. Spaceballs! And, of course, Police Academy. He did the sound effects for when Michael J. Fox is doing his dance and his moonwalk and his breakdown. Hell yeah. I, I love it. It's so weird. It's fucking great. He's going like, oh, like that stuff is so weird. <laughs> it's like, wow. They brought him in just to do ADR. Yeah, they called him up and they're like, hey, so we got this movie and we want you to come in and just do like, you know, 
five minutes of work. We need you to just do the noises for this kid. You know, dancing. he he probably actually, I have to check, but he might have done that a lot, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. This is probably just like one of the facts that slipped out that he did because it's a bigger movie. So let's ease ourselves into the reception of this movie. Yes. Um, uh, let's. There, so we've talked about that, that there might be sequels after three and some of the other episodes. Here's some more ideas of sequels. One of the other ones was uh, Ancient Rome. I think. Um, Ancient Rome? What, what, what was it? Greece? Oh. I think um, it was Christopher Lloyd that wanted to do uh, Ancient Rome yeah, or, or I think Ancient, Ancient Greece. Uh, here's some other ideas. In the mid-90s, there was talks about doing one with Doc and his family going to um, Roswell, New Mexico in 1947 and ha- only having uh, Marty as like a little cameo role. Yeah, and then in 2004, Michael J. Fox talked about doing Back to the Future 4, saying he wanted Marty McFly to be a mentor to a different family. So yeah, like, I think he was training gonna... them to <laughs> time travel. No, I think maybe he was going to be like the doc role maybe. Oh. Hmm. Which would be weird cuz he doesn't weird. know the si- he doesn't know science or anything. No, he didn't invent it. I don't know. That's just my assumption of what they meant there. So here's some real reception. I was just talking about the sequels, but of course they were. Of course these movies were successful enough to talk about sequels, whether yes. they wanted them or not is another thing. <laughs> um, so let's go into Roger Ebert bitching, a, bitching about this. Ugh, Roger Ebert always <laughs> fucking bitching. He's dead for a reason. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> we're so naughty. <laughs> Roger Ebert, he said. Uh, he gave this movie. We don't. We don't do the. We don't have the Siskel and Ebert uh, review, but we do have his Chicago Sun Times. He said he gave it uh, two and a half stars out of four, Ugh. and he said that the film's western motifs are a sitcom version that looks exactly as if they were built on a backlot somewhere. Boo, boo, you suck, Roger. <laughs> so let's now let's go to a different critic. Someone that uh, not only uh, understands movies, but understands fun. Yeah, he um, was on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah, and he goes to Doug Loves Movies. Yeah. He has a game on Doug Loves Movies named after him. And he has tons of books. Love this guy. I trust him way more than Roger Ebert. Leonard Maltin preferred this film to the first two, which I I don't know if I agree that much. Yeah, I don't agree with that part, but I, you know. He uh, gave it three and a half stars out of four, and he said, offers great fun, dazzling special effects, and imagination to spare. There's real movie magic at work here, folks. (laughs) I added the folks. I say Folks. folks a lot, you know. (laughs) <laughs> so it also went to the Saturn Awards And uh, those, that's an awards just for sci-fi and fantasy mm-hmm. And Thomas F. Wilson actually won for Supporting Actor And Alan Silvestri won for Best Music Which has great music throughout this series Yes He always works with uh, Robert Zemeckis So yeah, that's the reception And that is uh, Jet Back to the Future Part 3 And our and, uh... Our um, Journey through time. Our our journey through time. <laughs> we enjoyed it. I I it's you know probably my favorite trilogy. Yeah. 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 And then yeah, we, we've yeah. talked about that though every episode or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
we had so much fun. Yeah, we did. And we're not sure what we're going to do in October yet. But it's my birthday month. It is your birthday month. So I get to choose. Okay, we'll let you choose. Yeah. <laughs> so you, we'll see what it will be. Wait, wait, wait. I just designed <laughs> a new shirt. It is not Back to the Future themed. Maybe I will do a Back to the Future themed one, though. I just dropped a Mechagodzilla shirt. Um, it's already selling. Yeah. yeah, and uh, oh, the store actually has a lot of amazing designs. Jared's yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Seriously, if you haven't checked it out, you a fool. Yeah. And you should be treated like a fool. David Booth, our friend David Booth on Twitter, actually already bought one of those shirts. And it's oh, only yeah. been out like three hours. Thanks, David Booth. Yeah, at Liquid Kaiju on uh, Twitter. Thank Boom. you, David Booth. Hope you're listening to this. Well, he always listens. Praise Godzilla. Yeah, praise Godzilla to you. Praise Godzilla, David. Um, and we hope you check out that shirt. And we will have a theme for October out soon. And we're going to do Underground soon, we promise. We swear. And I have, a, I have a topic and everything. It's the Great Bigfoot War. Holy I know, shit. I know we keep them secrets usually, but I can't keep it contained. It's the uh. Great Bigfoot War. Of 1885. Isn't that funny? 1885? We were just talking about 1885. That's when Doc Maybe we're going to go back in time with a DeLorean. And, and, and that, folks, and is the power of love. Yeah. All right. Help us uh, cool down that conflict of the Bigfoots and the humans uh, yes. on that upcoming Underground episode. And hit us up on Twitter at SFDFDI Podcast and Instagram at... Sci-Fi Double Feature Dragon. And on the Facebook at Sci-Fi Double Feature. No. Yeah, yeah. Sci-Fi Double Feature Drive-In podcast. And, of course, just on our website, Sci-Fi Double Feature Drive-In.com. So thank you very much for joining us. And we'll see you on the other side. And put your hands together and you will welcome him into your heart and you will Praise Godzilla. You will praise Godzilla. Oh, yes. Praise. praise. You will praise Godzilla. Ah, Godzilla bless you, everybody. Godzilla bless you. See what movie's playing next at Sci-Fi Double Feature Drive-In on Instagram, Facebook, and our website. Just add that.com. Catch us on Twitter at SFDFDI Podcast. We sure hope you enjoyed the movie. Thank you for joining us. As always, we're glad to have you. Please replace your speaker, dispense of all trash, and watch for children as you carefully exit our theater. Good night.